Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is Blackthorne Grove. Hey there, Amy Blackthorne here. You, right now, can download the first 30 pages of my next title, Blackthorne's Botanical Wellness, at amyblackthorne.com, along with the rest of my titles for free. Again, that's amyblackthorne.com to check out all of my books available for order now. Hey there, and welcome to the Blackthorn Grove. My name is Amy Blackthorn. I am really excited to talk to you about music and the correlations that we can find within the tarot. I was inspired by Tarot Tunes, a really fantastic show that I was invited to recently. And since we didn't get to go through my list, I figured I would share some of that with you fine people. The first song I want to talk about is one of the probably the first songs that I learned the words to as a kid, and that would have been Horse With No Name by America. It is the song that I chose, or really that jumped out at me, regarding the idea of death. Not just physical death, not just emotional death, but the actual death card in the tarot. And it traditionally shows a black rider of course, uh, depicting death on a white horse carrying the banner of a Tudor rose. And in that banner, in that forward momentum, you can actually see people, old, young, um, abled and, and disabled, different body types, different, all falling before death, showing us that everyone eventually succumbs to that pale rider. But when you think about the tarot as a medium for really illustrating our deepest thoughts and feelings about life, the universe, and everything, that death that's depicted really shares a, a pretty good semblance with the horse that's depicted in a horse with no name. I mean, he was riding through that desert for quite a long time. He had time to think of a name for that poor horse. But when we talk about the lyrics to that song, and forgive me because the I'm not sure the legality for different areas for inserting different audio, uh, so you'll have to search these out on YouTube. But that connection between the horse and his rider's journey going under the ground, um, passing through all these different realms and ideas of places really depicts my personal view of what happens after death. It's not just a journey. It's not just a destination, but it's a blending of the two. Uh, I really feel that the journey that we undertake as we exit our mortal coil is as much a part of the journey as where we decide we're going. So do me a favor pull up some YouTube and, and find yourself a horse with no name by America. Next, I want to talk about a song that's been my current earworm for a few months now. I have these fabulous um, hyperfixations of different styles of music, depending on what is exciting to the ADHD today. And as someone who was born and raised by a blues musician, 
I can have some, we'll call them understandings of some music that I really uh, wish more people were a part of, understood better, and related to. Uh, this next song is the Chris Thomas King version of John Law Burned Down the Liquor Store. I'm sure you can understand where the inspiration for that song comes from. But the card that I really associate that song with is the Seven of Swords. When we have that connection to songs and music, the outreach is really important because that's not only how we create music that lasts the test of time, but it's also how we connect with the world outside of ourselves. So the Seven of Swords represents the uh, deception, lies, trickery, you know, someone utilizing their position, especially their position of power over another person for their own personal gain. In the song, Chris talks about the very real um, threat of law enforcement uh, for the black community, not only now, not only then, but also now. It's an older style song. And one of the things I really appreciate about Chris Thomas King is not only his connection to blues the way it was 50, 75, 100 years ago, but also brings it to the forefront now in a way that people can find approachable and people can find understandable. Um, so the story of the song is that this man is looking to enjoy himself and his friends and he's been making moonshine in order to accomplish that. Well, the police find out and use his talent for their own personal gain by um, charging a protection racket fee, we'll call it. When the main character actually gets to the point where he's saying, you know what, I really don't think I'm going to do this anymore, and enjoys the product of his very own labor, the police threaten and carry out arresting this man because they can't make money off of him. And so he stands in front of the judge saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm here. What, what, what are you going to do to me? Because obviously there's no justice in the in the justice system. <laughs> so the judge says, "Well, if you if you give me some more of your moonshine, we'll call it even. I won't I won't give you any time. Just keep slipping me some of that moonshine. It's really good." And so it's the dance that this man is trying to jump through various hoops to make sure that he's taken care of, that his family is okay, and. Uh, Understanding how to navigate that manipulation the and the, the scheming that is applied to not only this character, but people as a whole. And that really resonated with the, the Seven of Swords. We're looking at that underhanded behavior and the very real threat of harm from burglary, um, dodgy practices, and, you know, what, what happens with Moonshine. Um, there's definitely an issue of flammability. So it was a very easy way to get rid of your competition was uh, to invoke the element of fire, so to speak. It's, it's an amazing song. It's uh, 
it's very moving. It's very, a little bit of everything. Um, so please do uh, check out YouTube, subscribe and find uh, Chris Thomas King, uh, not just his music, but if the, at some point <laughs> it'll be a little easier to schedule in-person events. And uh, if he's playing near you, you should definitely go. The, the music that he provides is really fantastic and well worth your time. The next song we're going to is actually a very new song, uh, relatively speaking. This is a product of a uh, TikTok musician that I really enjoy, and her moniker is King Mala. This song, Cult Leader, it was um, snippets were going around on TikTok for quite a few bits before it actually was released as an entire song. And it's well worth a listen. Uh, the the artist in question stated that they, instead of being sad over some of the recent experiences that they had had, was to just be ridiculously confident. And so they wrote a story, they wrote a song called Cult Leader. I really connected this with the Emperor Reversed most specifically. It's talking about the abuse of power and the abuse of authority. And it's not just in your social life. It could be at work. It could be um, someone who wants to take control of your actions, someone who makes you feel powerless. So the idea behind Cult Leader was the idea that, you know, we're not going to allow anyone to take our, we'll say bodily autonomy, maybe some other issues. Not going to take it lying down. And so I think it's really enjoyable to live your villain era. <laughs> That's uh, something that we can all understand the feeling for with the way that current news is happening. Please do check out King Mala and Cult Leader. Next on my Fabulous little list is one of my dear, one of the versions that is just near and dear to my heart. So because my father is, was a blues musician, um, we had a lot of B.B. King growing up in the house. Uh, Sunday mornings especially, you'd have bluegrass in the morning and blues in the afternoon. So B.B. King, Bobby Blue Bland, uh, Robert Johnson, of course, and some really fantastic artists were always around on the weekends, so to speak, when my father was home. So even though this version necessarily wasn't written by Mr. King, it's still the version that um, I like best in my little heart place. And so the, the song is, Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby. B.B. Uh, King is definitely has the, the version I like best. And there's a couple different duets that he does as far as this song goes that really show where he's feeling about, you know, whether or not his, his love is going to be true to him, whether or not she's uh, stepping out. So I connected that with the lovers. And it's funny because the lovers card in the major arcana, people assume it's just about love because it's called the lovers. And it's really not the way that I interpret it. It's more about choice, um, especially with relationships. Every day when you get up, 
you have to decide whether you're going to be in a relationship with that other person or other people uh, that day. And, you know, whether, whether it's marriages and relationships, friendships, every day you have to choose to be a part of that person or that, those people's lives. And so it's fully within your power to say, you know what, this, this, I'm not feeling it. I'm going to, I'm going to go. I fully embrace and understand and advocate for clear, concise, and consent-based communication. Most especially in relationships. But the, the lover's card is about that choice, that dedication to the choices that we've made and the ability to say, you know what? I have been, I've spent a lot of time making this mistake, but that doesn't mean I have to continue making this mistake. And choosing to leave, to save yourself, to empower yourself, to embrace those choices when you decide what you're doing that day. It's a really fantastic song. Uh, and it's funny, growing up, you know, finding different cartoons and having them be a part of your Saturday morning growing up, or at least it was mine for a couple years. Um, I actually, sa actually saw this song used in an episode of Tom and Jerry, which was absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> and you may be able to find that on YouTube as well. But it's definitely a song worth listening to. It's it's going to get in your ear. I'm, I'm sure of it. I definitely want to talk about this next song in a way. This is, I learned it in chorus a very long time ago and so the song had always stuck with me but anybody who sings a lot especially for songs they didn't write or pick we were always taught to sing the sounds and not to think about the words as a whole because it'll cross up where you're trying to go musically and so I had sung this song for a number of years as a part of that chorus but I had never really paid attention to what the song was about until I was probably an adult. So having this version done by the Pogues was really something that sticks out in my brain, but it's in a way that says, I know someone else went through something and it gives me the chance to recognize my own connection to that event. What does that even mean? <laughs> um, and the band played waltzing Matilda discusses war from the very real perspective of someone who has been there. And it's not just about the realities of war. It really, it discusses how things can progress and how when we're starting out, we are young and not necessarily naive, but not not naive. <laughs> um, we, when, we're, when we're going through our lives, whether you're in a situation like this or not, it's funny how much time we spend thinking that we have all the things, all the answers, and we know what we're doing and we know where we're going. And we get there and we go through the thing and realize we don't actually know anything. And so the song is one of those things 
And because of that perspective, because of that, okay, we're going to go do the thing and we have no idea what we're doing. It really resonated for me with the fool. Those of you who are familiar with tarot, the traditional um, writer Reed Smith fool is a jaunty figure with a sack of a little knapsack over the shoulder, little white dog trying to warn them that the potential for harm is upcoming, but just sort of jauntily and merrily walking along and really not paying a lot of attention to where they're actually going because they're so wrapped up in themselves. And I feel like this could probably resonate with everyone who has gone through their twenties because it's, it's sort of that thing where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm a grown up now. And yet most, for most of this time, we don't really have a fully functioning frontal lobe. <laughs> so as much as we think we know, we, that we think we know everything. It's not until you um, make friends with that frontal lobe's development that you realize we don't really know a whole lot of anything at that point. And so please stop whatever you're doing when you have a moment and try and find the Pogues version of, and the blend, and the band played Waltzing Matilda. It's, it's a very cathartic song that I, I didn't expect that specific catharsis, but <laughs> I definitely needed it. Okay, then next on the list, we have Muddy Waters, I'm Ya Hoochie Coochie Man. This is one of my favorite songs from when I was a kid. Again, you know, when you're when you're very young, you know what music you enjoy and not necessarily what the music is talking about. But Muddy Waters music is something that really spoke to me as a kid. And even as a kid, I understood that the the main character of the song, not necessarily the the author of the song had a very specific skill set <laughs> and it made it really easy for me to imagine as a kid another kid who had had some interesting experiences um, <laughs> when you look at the reading of the lyrics especially as magical practitioners you start to see the things that were important to muddy waters both in the the sense of the song, but also as a someone who knew a lot about hoodoo. Whether or not he actually practiced is is debatable. But I love it. I love it so much to pick out those those pieces of the lyrical artistry. If you don't know what these things are, and you're singing along with the song, you're probably getting the same sounds, just like um, a young me and chorus talking about waltzing Matilda. But when you look at the lyrics, talking about black cats and mojo, and there's a there's a line in in the second verse, where unless you know what it is, you're not you're not really able to pay attention. The even the lyrical website that is discussing the song and the lyrics to the song doesn't isn't really sure what the, the lyrics are for that line. And so those of you who are familiar with High John the Conqueror Root know what what he's talking about here when he says he's got the Johnny Contra root. That, that Johnny Contra root is uh, 
is definitely one of my favorite plants. Uh, it's part of the uh, sweet potato family, the Ipomias. Also has um, bindweed and morning glory, night blooming. All those are part of the same Ipomia family. So those really lovely <laughs> lime green sweet potatoes or ornamental sweet potato vines you'll see in a lot of landscaping here recently in the last, and by recently, I mean the last 10 years or so. Um, that's definitely something that is, I would definitely experiment with this plant and the knowledge therein if you want to learn some things. Find, find your ornamental sweet potatoes, the lime green, or there's a, there's a black version that's sort of purple and green. And then the marguerite was popular, goodness, probably 25 years ago. So I don't know if it's, it's still available. They called it marguerite. It was a green and purple uh, or a, like a light pink. So experiment with that plant. But uh, <laughs> when we talk about all these different pieces that Muddy is leading us to the idea of hoodoo as a practice and um, as his self-defense mechanisms, absolutely pay attention because it's really reminiscent of the magician. The, not just the idea of a magic worker, it's a little more nuanced than that, but really the honest look at being able to say that you have all of the tools at your disposal that you need to do whatever you need to get done. Muddy says he's got, he's got a black cat bone. He's got his mojo with him. He knows what he's doing. So absolutely walk with that knowledge and experience that you know what's going on, you know where you're going, and you know what needs to get done and how necessarily to do it. Uh, gotta love the magician for that ability to break everything down into its most essential parts so that you can do whatever you need doing with just a handful of seemingly innocuous items. That's one of the things I really love about magical preparation is you don't necessarily have all the time in the world. You don't necessarily have all the materials at your disposal that you might like, but the more you practice, the easier it gets to, well, you know, bunting, so to speak, being able to hit it out of the park with not, without necessarily having to stop at, you know, your local shop and say, Hey, I'm, I'm having an emergency. What can I use? These few things for. Oh, you know what? Now that I mentioned it, as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a secret. It's not a secret. It should be. Uh, <laughs> the Big Book of Candle Magic just came out today. Uh, as I'm recording this, is on July 1st. The Big Book of Candle Magic is coming out from Jackie Smith, the owner and uh, genius behind Coventry Candle Creations. Those fabulous candles that you find in a, most witchy shops now. Um, if I've ever found one that didn't have it, I usually politely say, hey, you know, you could you could be doing a lot more business if you sold these because they're amazing. <laughs> um, so go and check out the Big Book of Candle Magic. It's one part ingredient and one part uh, magical formulary. Um, it's an incredible book. It is good. It's 400 pages. It's giant. Um, it's got everything you've ever wanted to know about candle magic and things you never knew you wanted to know. Um, so absolutely check that out. This is not a paid spot. She, she's just awesome. And I love her whole face. 
Next up, we have Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and this really fantastic song. It's very driven. It's very... Um, I, I see this in my movie soundtrack in my head for whatever the movie I eventually write is. <laughs> um, the song is Beat the Devil's Tattoo, and it's so... The bass line is fabulous. The, there's, it really gets in your brain and sticks there. But then once you stop to listen to the lyrics, it's really reminiscent of the devil. The devil card in the tarot. So... You've forsaken all the love you've taken, sleeping on a razor, there's nowhere left to fall. Your body's aching, every bone is breaking, nothing seems to shake it, it just keeps holding on. You know, when we talk about the devil, most people see, you know, this big scary horned guy on a throne and, and nude figures chained at his feet and it looks very scary and it's upsetting and there's all sorts of things happening there. When we look at the devil card, it's not necessarily the things that jump out at you at first that make the difference. It's the, the things that are happening that you aren't really sure you notice the first, second, or even third time you looked at the card. Devil's the 15th card in the Major Arcana, and it really talks about, it's not just the image of human suffering that people respond to, but what we should be responding to. And my favorite thing to point out when we're looking at this card is... The, the very sad uh, figures chained at the devil's feet. And those chains, if you look really closely, they are quite large. Not just the chains themselves, but the placement of those chains. What it means and what it shows is that each of these figures is fully capable of releasing themselves from their own bondage, from their own suffering, from their own addiction. They are the ones who have a say in when this stops. You have to actually take off the chains and walk away. Now, no one said that was easy. And if they did, they were lying. <laughs> but it is possible. It is imperative that we are the ones to make sure that we are able to free ourselves from these vices, our inner demons, um, you know, that, that impede both our spiritual growth and our personal growth. These things are not easy. And my goodness, you know, we've, we've built entire systems and <laughs> entire industries on avoiding uh, what the devil has to say about our vices and bad habits. My goodness, must be that time. So when we talk about the devil and we talk about the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club song, Beat the Devil's Tattoo, it seems like we don't, I, don't, I only picked this because it has the devil in title, but really it comes down to making sure that people understand that we are the arbiters of our own destiny. And even if the card looks scary, even if the card can symbolize someone not being able to put down their vices and create uh, a life that's better for them, it's still reminding us sort of like the lovers, that that choice is ours. Um, when we are at the point when we have the least to give, sometimes that's the most important time. So, okay, on to the next song. So the next card and song 
uh, we have The Chariot for the Ides of March, a song called Vehicle. Now, honestly, it's one of those songs that it feels too on the nose. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's a great song. Uh, I actually found it by accident. Uh, well, more happenstance than accident, I suppose. A friend of mine had asked me to provide security for an event that she was putting together. And the song was utilized in, in that performance. So, of course, the first thing you hear is this amazing horn section, really jazzing it up. You can really hear the 1970 in this song. <laughs> and that's one of, the, my, one of my favorite things about it. It's you get up and you want to dance. And it's actually part of a, um, there was a, it was a Doctor Who burlesque troupe who was putting on a show and this was a song for the TARDIS. And it read, this not only was the performance very well attended, but it was such a fun evening that I not only associate with this song, but I associate this song with fun and enjoyment and, and friendship and making great new friends. So we have the Ides of March talking about vehicle and it's not just oh, hey, I have this, you should you should appreciate it. It's really reminding us, both for the chariot and for the people involved in the story itself, it says, hey, you know, I can, I can take you where you want to go. You just have to get in and want to go. The chariot absolutely has that with just the, the reaching and that understanding that says, hey, you know, if you really have somewhere you want to go, you just have to get all your ducks in a row. When you look at the, the chariot card, it's a still image, but the movement is implied. And each, whether they're sphinxes or horses or uh, the main elements, part of that chariot card, no matter where you find it, there's definitely, uh, you can see the separation in the two animals that are attempting to drive this chariot. So if you can get them to go in the same direction at the same time, you'll actually get where you want to go. So you got to figure out where you want your vehicle to take you and then just tell them where it is. Tell them where you want to go. That individual strength, that upright card says, Hey, I'm on the, I'm on the road to conquest. I'm on the, the path to the next thing. You just have to decide what that is and what that looks like before you can actually get where you're going. You just have to decide. The next song on my list, we have Blue Oyster Cult, because what, honestly, what would I do without the BOC somewhere on this list? I would think it would definitely be something wrong if I had not thought to include this one. So we have Veteran of the Psychic Wars by Blue Oyster Cult. Now the song, it might not seem right up your alley at first uh, but I honestly connected with the hanged man really well with this song because it's the idea of how much time we spend dealing with our own internal or psychic wounds we either spend time staring it in the face and having to work through it, or we spend a lot of time and money usually trying to hide from it. So absolutely seeing not just the individual verses, 
but the overall theme of the song really says, okay, everything else has produced these scars and who am I without those scars? The Hanged Man, when you look at the card, that reversed figure, we think of Odin sacrificing himself to himself for the knowledge of the runes. So those scars that we discuss in the song are actually present, not only in the Hanged Man, but in the story saying, okay, where is it that we're going and what do we have to show for it? It definitely feels as though there's something we've sacrificed and was it worth it? We've been living in the flames so long. We've been eating up our brains. You know, it's time we had some leave. You know why I'm weary and why I can't speak to you. You blame me for my silence. Say it's time I changed and grew. But the war is still going on, dear. And there's no end that I know. And I can't say if we're ever, I can't say if we're ever going to be free. As someone who struggles with um, both post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress, there is a difference. Please look it up. Um, I really feel this some days. Is there anything left that isn't scarred or broken? And then I have to remember that our scars are not places where we're broken. Scars are places where we have had injury. But down in the deeper layers of the skin, they're always being held together. They're always being renewed and strengthened and grown we think of scars as static things, but that's not really how skin works. That's also why tattoos tend to migrate over time, because it's a continuous process over time. Just like the healing is in our minds, in our hearts, and our spirits. The hanged man isn't just hanging out for fun. This is alive and attentive and seeking deeper knowledge and, and deeper, not just the depth of that finding of that connection, but really honestly of to the world around us. Second to last on my list, I have You Can't Lose What You Ain't Never Had. Again, it's a Muddy Water song. Um, all the best ones are, really. This one is from August 1st, 1969, and uh, it's from an album called Fathers and Sons. It goes back and forth between the things that he's had and the things that he's lost. So I had a pretty girl, and I lost her. I had money bank, I got, it got lost. Uh, I had a house, it burned down. Like, it's both sides of that coin. And so... It talks about the things that we we think we have and we think we we think we have a hold of and how quickly they disappear. So I really felt that that resonated with the five of cups, um, as I call it, the crying over spilled milk card. You have the the cups that have spilled in front of that lone figure, usually wearing a dark robe. But what it what that figure never notices is that there's still cups remaining behind them. There's still resources, there's still people available, there's still um, some hope, 
you know, that the idea of Pandora in the box, she kept that hope inside. Once the other things had gotten out into the world, she still had hope. She still had that, that promise of a better life, a better time. And so the five of cups with the three cups spilled out in front of them and the two upright behind them still containing that hope is definitely a card that says, Hey, we need to come together. We need to help you understand that even if it's hard, even if it's painful, you still have people who are there for you. You still have friends who love you. You still have um, connections in this world. And that was really important for me to remember when going through a very difficult time. I always try and make sure that I'm really understanding where I'm at and not five cupsing it, so to speak. <laughs> so that connection, that understanding, the things that are outside of ourselves are things that we can lose. But the things that live inside of us are a lot more difficult to part with, even if sometimes we forget where we laid them down. So keep in mind, you can't lose what you never had, but the things that you do have, enjoy them while you do. Last on my list, we have Kaleo's Way Down We Go. Now, it's pretty obvious, I think, where I'm going with this one. Um, but the Tower is one of those cards that people either understand it on an intricate and, and a soul-based level, or they think it's about that, that fall. It is and it isn't. You know, when we look at, I mean, this song was popular a few years ago and you heard it on the radio a lot. I still hear it uh, probably on satellite radio every, you know, once or twice a week. But I always picture that soul gripping part of the chorus where it starts into the way down we go. And you can hear how much further down we have to go than we think we really do. There's so much more potential for harm once we recognize that we actually have things in our lives that we care about. It's been it's been a long journey for me personally, and uh, I didn't really get a whole lot to get personally attached to as a child. There weren't a lot of things that I had, period, actually. <laughs> um, but the idea of feeling like you're lost in a free fall when things start to go downhill is a very real feeling that we can honestly, oh, my stretchy Mimu, we can all resonate with at one time or another some of the really difficult things that we've lost that we feel were such an intricate part of ourselves are very closely associated with the Muddy Waters <laughs> song that we just had. Millie agrees with all of this, I am sure. But that tower card, when we look at it as it's not just change that we can't control, it's also the really connected understanding of being able to tear down the walls ourselves, to pick up a sledgehammer and say, okay, I'm the one who's in control here and I'm going to make this do what it's supposed to be instead of what someone else has told me it is. Remember, we're all trees in the forest. Nurture each other. <laughs>